Hey guys, my name is Jacob Zander, and I hope you are having a fantastic day. Welcome to the Fill Your Soul Show. So on this show, I will be talking to highly motivated people who are working on creating something bigger than themselves. This show is here to help inspire you to chase your dream and keep working on whatever you are creating. Today on the show, we have Alex Morrissey, who is a motivational speaker who helps people develop into their highest potentials. Alex is an incredibly passionate about creating experiences where others learn and grow at their highest level possible. He wants them to feel empowered to step into their biggest dreams and purpose, and then give back their dream by using it to serve and love those around them. And here I was sitting before my senior year having no clue what going big or what dreaming big would look like in uh, the time to come. And um, yeah, it's just always been ingrained in me to like dream as big as I can. So to start the show off, tell me a little bit about yourself, Alex, and like what you're about. Yeah, you bet. Um, well, I'm stoked to uh, be jumping in with this. I'm excited for the things you're doing and uh, excited to be able to share a little bit of just the craziness of my life and uh, trying to sort it all out on my end. I no mean have all the answers, but uh, I love to be able to share a little bit of what I've learned along the way. Um, so a little bit about myself. I knew when I graduated high school that I wanted to be getting out, adventuring around, experiencing something new. And so um, that was always kind of the mindset for myself. A lot of, I think I'm one of two people in my whole graduating class that like moved out of the state of Oregon for, you know, after high school and whatnot. And so I'm always super, super thankful for that experience. Um, um, High school self was like the overly ambitious, like run myself ragged with way too full of a plate, whether it was, you know, the sports I was playing or you know student body president or playing the saxophone in the band or you name it like it was just like way way too much my head was spinning but i also like i loved it it was it was just kind of who i was and i wouldn't have had it any differently so um yeah yeah it's funny that you say that you uh you you do uh, you in high school you're overly ambitious Uh, i feel like that's you're you're talking about me right now because like every second of the day is like planned out (laughs) totally totally would you consider yourself like more of a type a personality or uh like how would you kind of describe yeah your mindset on that oh (laughs) uh you know i don't even know because like (laughs) i'm so like i'm not a type a person um i'm actually definitely not a type a person um but the I'm not a planner at all, okay. but I've literally had, that's something I like really struggle with is like planning. And so okay. one thing I've been trying to get better at is like planning. Yeah, <laughs> And it's totally, so hard totally. for me to like stick to a deadline oh, completely, because I yeah. overcommit all the time. And so it's like, <laughs> yeah, you know? yeah. yeah. For myself and like my overly extroverted personality, I, I've always kind of said like life's a buffet, I want it all. Um, or I always jokingly say that I'm a jack of all trades, but master of none because I'm just constantly have something involved <laughs> in like every type of, you know, walk of life and whatnot. And so, uh, um, yeah, yeah. Like over the, t- over the years, you were saying you're not much of a planner. I like hit or miss back and forth on it. I've finally learned that the only way to really harness kind of my chaotic, overly energetic self is to Mm -hmm. really, really grind and like be disciplined about developing some of those planning, you know, uh, you know, just, just practices and methods and things like that. But I'm by no means a master of it. I would not call myself a type A personality myself either, but yeah, definitely like probably oftentimes bite off a lot more than I can chew, but that's fun. Uh, yeah. it's, it's who I am. And it's, I don't think I would like to have any other way really. So, uh, yeah. Um, yep. Yep. That's what I'm, that's kind of where I'm at right now is just learning how to plan. But, yeah. um, what, so you're all into speaking. How did you get started in, 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 uh, speaking and everything? Yeah, that's a great question. So, um, right after I graduated high school, I remember big dreamer mindset kind of has always been, um, just who I am and, and, and the way that I've, I've functioned and the way that I've lived. I remember, 
I remember summer before my senior year of high school, sitting in my high school gym. And it was it was still in the summertime. We were doing uh, two day football practices. Still, and it was after one of the practices, and I knew here I am going into my senior year, and I sat in the gym, legitimately just terrified, which is not really a common like emotion that I experience. Um, but I remember sitting there just being so afraid. Every year of high school before then, I knew I was going to go to another year of high school and I was going to go big as I can. And I knew a rough idea of what that plan would look like. I knew what going big in high school looked like. And here I was sitting before my senior year, having no clue what going big or what dreaming big would look like in uh, the time to come. And, um, and that's just, uh, and we will touch back on that in a second, but like, yeah, it's just always been ingrained in me to like dream as big as I can with things and say, how big can we go? And um, I remember it was fall of, oh, sorry, it was, it was uh, near the end of my senior year. And I met this random couple at church and I told them like, oh yeah, I think these are my plans. I'm going to go run track at the school down in San Diego. And they told me just one quick little thing. They said, that's great. I would just encourage you to always hold those plans in open hands, you know, have that plan in your hands, but like hold it openly and allow God to really lead where that may go. And it's so funny because never since then have I ever seen that couple again. It was like a one-time interaction. Don't even know, don't know, know, know who they are or anything. And within about a week's time, all of my plans just completely changed. Um, I got elected to serve as the state president for this youth leadership organization in Oregon, but it's a national organization. And so with that, it then led me to defer a year of college and basically think of it as like a full-time nonstop internship. And within that, there was a lot of traveling. Uh, there was a lot of speaking events. There was a lot of leadership development, um, personal growth, all those types of things. And so we would travel the state of Oregon. We travel the country. We would do a lot of work with younger high school students as well. Um, and I just absolutely, fell in love with it. I, I, since then, many, many doors from that one year alone have just opened up in my you know, opportunities to continue to do that type of speaking, leadership training, personal development, all that type of work. And it's so funny because I think back to it, uh, it all really began of just kind of surrendering that op over and, and, and holding the plans I had in front of me with very, very open hands um, and allowing, whether you want to call it God, whether you want to call it the universe, whether you want to call it law of attraction, whatever, you know, uh, just allowing that to kind of take its course and being open to whatever that might lead. So, uh, yeah, um, after after that year, I moved down to San Luis Obispo, California, started going to college here, continued to be involved in a lot of youth uh, organizations, get to continue to do some speaking stuff. But it was just a constant journey again of trying to figure out, you know, which direction that would be and, and how that all might might end up. And uh, the, the map is never exactly what you think it would be from, you know, from the beginning. And so, yeah. That's so true. I've literally, I, I'm, I feel like we can relate so much because it's like, you just got to be open to like what can change. Because if, I mean, one of the things I've learned, I've actually, I mean, I similar experiences. I've had to like do the same thing is be open to like change. Yeah. Um, and because if you like if you just let it flow it's and try not basically not try and force things because you know when you try and force something and then it's like it doesn't just doesn't work out but when when you kind of just like let it let it flow it flows organically um isn't that like yeah, it's so absolutely. like yeah I'm, I'm basically i feel like i'm, one I'm in thing, the same shoes as you yeah yeah one thing that we say a lot of times in uh um, the leadership conferences that um, right when I first started doing them, one piece of training that we got was uh, this saying that we say that a map is just a map. And in other words, um, 
So, so sometimes what I do is a speaking event where it'll just be me on stage with a microphone, a 45 minute message, and that's it. A lot of other times though, it will be a day long leadership conference or uh, an entire weekend retreat, whatever that may be. And so for those for those day-long conferences or retreats, we always have a, our curriculum. And that, that is, in a sense, our roadmap for how we think this day is going to go and our planned intentions, everything. But one of our guiding rules that we always say is that a map is just a map. And the reason we say that is because at the end of the day, there's a learning objective we're trying to get to. But some days that might happen, a simple line from point A to point B. Other days that may curve left and right. And so, for example, in a little bit more practical sense, if a student raises their hand to answer a question, Rarely ever would we say, oh, no, that's flat out wrong, because who knows what answer that student provides, how that may shed learning and understanding and ideas on that end goal in a way that we never thought it would ourselves. You know, there are many times where they'll share, oh, you know, this answer over here that feels like it's taking us way off course, but actually ends up providing even more insight onto that end goal and that experience as it was, you know, from the beginning. And so that's really so much of what like my mindset was going into college. Um, I tell any young person who's really trying to figure things out at the beginning stages of stuff in their early 20s that truly at the end of the day, the best education you can give yourself is educating yourself on yourself. You know, I think if you got the smartest people in a room and said, hey, let's figure out what college would look like. Let's pretend it doesn't exist as it does today. Come up with a new model. I don't believe in any way it would look like it does right now with a simple four-year model. I think there would be so much more opportunity for exploration, so much more room for self-reflection and just uh, figuring it out, you know, figuring out what our actual calling and purpose is. I think some of those cliche sayings about, oh, dream big or whatever, you know, they may sound cliche, but we forget how much truth they really, really still hold. It's like, no, that's not a crazy idea to believe that you have one purpose or one big purpose or calling or big dream, you know, whatever that may be. And by us believing that that's just, ah, that sounds nice, but that's just a fluffy idea. It only robs us of our opportunity to then live the fullest purpose of our life that we were meant to live. But that takes some wrong turns, some roadblocks, some ups, some downs, some some paths that we did not expect at all, but just that continued openness leading back to, uh, yeah, what it is that we really feel called to do. So, yeah. Yeah, I'm, I totally 100% agree with you on that. I was going to ask you what you thought about college, but that totally answers <laughs> yeah. it because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I I feel the same way where I, I didn't finish because um, I figured out I want to start this company when I was there. And I was, I basically like, I don't, I don't like the structure of how college like structures it out. Like, oh, what do you think about yeah. that? Yeah. Oh yeah. 100%. If I had a 17 year old senior in high school right now, I would not plan to send them to college right away. One, one of the things that I'm most passionate about, I think the number one identifier that I would give myself outside of even a speaker is I would say that I'm a teacher, not in the sense of a high school classroom, but like in a sense to teach is to take an idea and say, how can I most effectively communicate this idea from myself? and make it easy for somebody else to understand. And when I'm speaking, that's exactly what I'm doing. I'm trying to grow people, trying to teach people. And so within that, I'm so passionate about understanding, wait, how do we learn? How does a person learn at the highest degree possible? Um, and I'm gonna give you a little nerd out moment for a second, a little bit of learning yeah. theory at you. So um, um, there's a, a learning theorist by the last, his last name is Kolb and uh, it's a four step model basically. He basically breaks down and says, this is how human brains learn in the best way possible. And it starts out, we have an experience. We know we have experiences all the time, left and right every single day. Step number two in that effective learning process is to reflect 
on that experience, to take that experience and just kind of recall what happened. Um, after that reflection on it, then we're gonna take it a step further and get deep with it. Now we're gonna analyze that experience. We're gonna try to draw conclusions and have our little aha moments. It's like, oh, that's why that happened. That's that new lesson that I'm learning from this. That's that new concept, that new whatever you wanna call it. And then fourth on that cycle, we then apply it again. So we say, okay, let's take those new concepts and let's implement them into our next you know, adventure in life. And then it happens again. We experience, we reflect, we analyze, and we apply. And so um, for myself, I think that we are not given the opportunity to really, really experiment and experience um, at, at the level that we should. Um, and if I had a if I had a senior in high school right now, I'd say, hey, let's forget about college. Let's figure out what you're most, I, I, I kind of say, sorry, I'm blabbing a little bit here going on. This is me a complex, complex answer. You're gonna get a complex, a complex question, a complex answer. Um, I wanna hear it, let's hear yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, you bet. I, I mean, I, I kind of break down and this is obviously an oversimplified model, but if we're all seeking after our purpose, okay? Our bigger calling, our bigger purpose, from my learning that, formula for lack of better words that helps to lead us there we start with a few questions number one we've got to ask ourselves what are my natural god-given talents what are the talents or the skill sets that i have that are better than the average human you know that this just comes so naturally to me and it's so funny because so many high school students if you were to sit them down even adults to this day you could ask a 40 year old mm -hmm. adult and say hey what are your top five strengths what would you say that is they would probably fumble through something they might not even be able to identify that themselves we've got to start out by recognizing those pieces of our identity say like wait no i'm actually really really great communicator oh no i'm actually super analytical and i'm great at punching together numbers oh i'm so good at planning or organizing you know what are those natural god-given strengths that we just naturally do so well question number two we've got to ask ourselves okay what am i passionate about what fills me up inside what just you know uh brings about high levels of emotion. And I say you can add answer, you can figure out the answer to that question through a couple different ways. Sometimes that's through what brings me so much joy, what brings me excitement in life. Other times though, I think we can start to discover our passions by saying what brings me a lot of anger or sadness too. Maybe we're watching, you know, the nighttime, you know, television and we see the rainforest burning down and we are just so deeply hurt by maybe there's a piece of our passion that has to do with the environment. You know, maybe we see social injustices and there's we just can't stand it. Maybe there's a piece of our passion wrapped up in that as well. And so starting to ask those questions and then number 3 I say you've got to say okay, what is the biggest dream that I could have someday with those strengths and with those passions? And the reason I say someday is because we've got to remember that this is such a long journey. We get so in our heads thinking that it's got to happen now. It's got to happen right away. You know, you may not start doing your dream job until 35, 40, but there are still so many years ahead than that you get to start doing, you get to continue doing your dream job. And there's a journey that leads up to that and whatnot. And, you know, you take some creativity with those first two answers of this is what I'm good at. This is what I'm passionate about. What's the craziest dream that I could have, you know, to put to, you know, to, to put together with that. And then my fourth bonus question that I always say is now, how do we take that dream and give it back to the world? How that's how we really have the highest impact that we can, because we all want to give value. We want to all be able to give impact back to this world. And the way that we do that at the highest level possible is by that, that dream, that purpose of ours that we've been put on this planet to do, by finally saying like, okay, how do I give this back to the world in service? Maybe you realize you want to be a hairdresser and now you get to start giving that dream back to the world by serving, you know, whether it's 
you know, communities who are experiencing homelessness and you're giving haircuts on the street, maybe, you know, and that's when we get to start getting creative and, and really, really finding full fullness in our life and our life's purpose and what we're doing and really knowing this is what I'm called to do. There's, in my opinion, no better feeling than really feeling like, okay, this is actually what I've been put on this earth to do. And so, um, yeah, and I just, back to the college question, I don't think that college really provides for that exploration to really figure that out. They tell us, you know, believe the lie, you've got to have your degree. And then in four years from there, you've got to start your job. And then you're grinding away at that same job for who number, who knows how many years. And uh, how many times does that happen where people are coming away having no self-discovery? They can't answer those questions that I've just laid out. And now they're doing some random engineering job that they've realized, wait, this isn't what I'm actually passionate about though, you know? And so, uh, um, yeah, yeah. I think that college can be great if it actually adds to you continuing to open the doors that you were meant to open. But if we're doing it just to do it, I think we're uh, maybe in it for the wrong reasons. So, yeah. Yeah, that that's so true. Like, um, going back to like people like, doing a job they hate that's like the entire reason why i started the company because when i was working at at, i was working at trader joe's and Mm -hmm. i would see people every day like customers come in and it'd be like like the five o'clock rush and then you'd ask them how their day is going and then there's always like that bunch of like there's that group of people who like you can tell their day is not great they're like coming from a job that they just really don't like and then Mm -hmm. that's kind of like what pushed me to like um start like the feel your soul brand and like to inspire people to like do like what they're passionate about that's why i love talking to you it's like you know exactly how you know all of the um Mm -hmm. you're very passionate about inspiring other people to figure out what they want to do yeah yeah absolutely it it brings me so much joy when i when i can see that somebody's doing something that is just bringing them so much life like it makes Mm -hmm. i love being able to encourage that and affirm that in them and just like yes continue chasing that dream whatever that may be in it yeah, uh, it's interesting. One thing that I, I talk about most times when I'm giving a keynote, so if it's just me on a stage with a microphone, um, I talk a lot about kind of an interesting, maybe a little bit complex topic, but I talk a lot about truths and lies. And I think that our entire world is, uh, you know, made up of the ideas that we believe. You know, how we go about every single day is simply based off of us following the ideas and the mental maps that are in our head. So, you know, for example, even you, if you want to drive from your house to your favorite coffee coffee shop, in your head, you have a mental map. You have an idea in your head that you know, if you follow this exact route, you're going to end up at this coffee shop. If that idea in your head is wrong, you're going to end up lost, confused, you know, somewhere in Santa Barbara, not knowing where you're at, you know. And for so many things that help us to navigate our life, whether it's we're seeking out success, or we're seeking out purpose, or we're, you name it, our ability to arrive successfully at those destinations depends solely on whether those ideas in our head are true or false. And so uh, to break it down a little bit more simply, what my faith is a big piece of my life. So there are times where I'll mm-hmm. maybe reference that in some ways, but um, whether you want to call it the devil or you want to call it evil or you want to call it negativity in the world, the number one way that that functions is through lies. It's through getting us to believe ideas in our head that are not true, whether that's ideas about ourselves and our identity. You know, The number of times we've looked in the mirror and said something negative about ourselves because we are believing a flat out lie about ourselves. Um, I basically describe lies to my high school students. I always say that a lie is basically a false, fake, or phony idea that gets in the way of us and life to the fullest. They're the roadblocks that keep us from the fullest life that we are made to live. Um, and so, for example, one of those lies, I think if 
evil or negativity or the devil or whatever you want to say it looks at your mm-hmm. life right now, Jacob, if they look at, you know, if it looks at your life and says, how do I get Jacob to live the smallest life possible, the smallest version compared to what he was made to live? It's by getting you to believe the lie. You've got to have it all figured out right now, because all that does when it comes back to the whole, you know, think about the whole college game, we're constantly stressed. What am I going to do? What am I going to do? The world is telling me I've got to have this plan all figured out right now. I've got to have my major. I've got to have, you name it. And all that does is we allow that lie to push us down into this fear mode. And all of a sudden, before we know it, uh, we just picked whatever major, we picked whatever thing because it, the world was telling us we had to have it figured out right now. And the truth is it's no, there is so many years ahead for you to continue to discover and explore and dream bigger. And when we believe that lie, like I said, it gets in the way of us and the fullest version of life we were meant to live. Like when we believe the lie, you've got to have it figured out right now. All that's going to do is push us into a smaller version of, of who we are. And so there's so many things in, the, in, in life that I've come to realize, like we can break this down to ask what are the, what's true about this idea and what are the lies that I didn't even realize that I was believing about it. And last thing I'll say on this for now is like the crazy thing about lies is that the best lies are not the big, obvious, blatant ones. They're the ones that look and sound really, really good, but um, have just the most minor distortion. You know, it sounds good to have it all figured out in life, but there's something just a little bit off about that. And so uh, that's why we've got to be so mm-hmm. much careful about these. They're, they're sneaky, they're adaptive, you know? And so, uh, yeah. um, but it's so helpful to start identifying, okay, what about this is true? And what about this is actually a total lie that's keeping me from a fuller, you know, way to live my life, so yeah. What were some of the lies you struggled with? Yeah, um, it was really hard uh, throughout college because I switched majors a million and a half times. It was constantly, you know, trying to find something to study that actually aligned with what I felt passionate about. Um, And it's so crazy how little we know when we're in college. I mean, the thing that I'm doing right now, I didn't even know that I could really do, that this was a career to do. You know, this is an option, you know, in my earlier years of of college, but it caused me to switch majors a lot of different times. It took me about six and a half years, I think, to graduate. So uh, we had a couple extra victory laps in there. Um, But I I just, you know, the lie of shame of thinking that, oh my gosh, I'm falling behind. Oh my gosh, like, what am I doing? Like, yeah, I was a good successful student in high school and now I'm taking this long and, it's crazy, you know, there, there were people I, that graduated two years before me um, in simple four years that got out and weren't doing anything remotely to do with what they were passionate about. And whereas I was able to come out and obviously I have not arrived by any means, there's still a lot of work that I have to do in my life, but I was so thankful actually for that twisting, winding path that then allowed me, like I said, a map is just a map, you know, and I was able to exactly. you know, study things that I enjoyed, study things I was passionate about. And um, yeah, we're, we're getting there, we're figuring it out. but. Just that live, you've got to have it figured out right now was always such a pressing one, like on my heart. So, uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's definitely, it's definitely the, it's definitely a hard part trying to think about like how you need to have it all figured out right now. Cause I've no, oh, I've, yeah. I know I felt like that. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. cause how old what are about, you? I'm 23. How old are you? Uh, I'm 28. <laughs> I'm 28. Um, but the crazy thing about that is like, think about this for a moment. Uh, so in eight years, you'll be, you know, 31. You're yeah. at, at 31, okay? We think that sounds so old and so far off and so crazy. At 31, dude, you are only halfway to what the world would say, quote unquote, retirement. You know what I mean? Meaning, bro, you have to double. You have to double the number of li- the number of years you've ever lived before you're going to even get to retire. And really, retirement is only meant for people who didn't enjoy what they were doing. You know, I mean, there's to exactly, some extent yeah. or whatever. If you really love never, what you're doing- I would doing, never want to retire. Yeah, yeah, exactly. If you really love what you're gonna, you're doing, you're gonna find a way to continue doing it in some way. But, 
But to think about like how many more years are actually ahead yet we, and then half of when you're at 31, half of those years that you've been living so far were you in as a baby elementary school, learning how to all these basic things, you know, like you've just barely skimmed the surface and uh, yeah. So you, uh, yeah, it's, it's crazy to think how much I'm sure you've had many times where you feel like I have to have this figured out. Why, why am I not further along? Why am I not this or that? And so, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, it's bogus. It's a lie. You got time. Just keep on grinding and uh, having patience yeah. with it. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, so like the whole, my whole company is based around like positivity and like doing good. Yeah. Um, tell me about the, uh, the traveling good road trip you took. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, huge, huge time of learning for myself about, uh, 20, what was it? 2017, 2018. Oh man. This is what happens when you get old. You forget, you forget years and all that stuff. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, a few ago, years we'll ago. Say. Yeah. Just some time back, some time back. Um, uh, <laughs> I had the opportunity to be on this really, really, um, challenging, good, interesting, um, exciting road trip project. It was a project called The Traveling Good, and it was six dudes in, a, in an RV, 10,000 miles, 10 cities, 10 weeks, um, and we were traveling the country basically on a mission to highlight and celebrate the good things that are happening in cities all around the US. Um, awesome, and there's so much about the project that I absolutely love, but uh, it definitely was a very flashy project, a very, you know, like, um, it was a cool sounding idea. One thing that was interesting for me was I knew that it was going to be challenging. Um, for me, a lot of the organizations that I've worked with in the past, I've always focused on very long-term interactions and impacts and relationships. Um, I'm a big believer that events spark change, but processes are what carry change out to completion. Um, and so I, I wasn't, yeah, so I just wasn't all that used to doing these one-stop events. Um, I was so much more used to long-term relational growth, mentorship, all of those types of things. So I knew it was going to be a challenge in some ways, um, but it was absolutely incredible. We worked with different nonprofits. We got to throw different events in different cities that brought together a lot of the do-gooders within that city or that state um, and just kind of get to pour into their cup and kind of just give them a little bit of refueling in their gas tank. Um, But what's crazy is there was a lot of attention that we got about this project as it was building. Um, There was a lot of, it was a very, I'll be honest, it was a very flashy project, you know, it was starting to grow Mm -hmm. on social media and all those types of things. And it felt very cool, but I couldn't help every single time that we left a city to feel a little bit, just, I don't know, confused or a little, every city I was trying to process what my emotions were because though we were getting a lot of this attention and a lot of this hype around things, I couldn't help but notice that the real, sense of value and purpose and impact was not as much in the flashy trip that we were doing and it was being left behind in every city after we were gone meaning it the real value the real impact was being found in the people who live in phoenix arizona and grind there every single day with whatever nonprofit or whatever socially good you know work that they are doing within their community and the and and the crazy thing about is all of the real significant impact nobody knew about like no they didn't have these massive platforms these massive social media followings um they were just humbly grinding at what they knew was right and what they felt passionate about and it led me to really ask the question again back to like truths and lies like this breaks it down Mm -hmm. it's like what is the real truth about what it means to offer impact or give value back in our lives because that's ultimately i mean every nobody wants to live a life without significant impact or that hasn't offered value to the world around us. That's a desire within all of us, I believe. Um, and the question is, how do we do that? What is the actual ingredients? What's the truth about the breakdown of what value means? Because I think we live in a world, especially within the social media era, where we can get so distracted by what is the real true 
value and impact. And right before the trip, it was one of my first times kind of getting down to the whole LA world. And so that was just kind of a new, a new world for me in general. And I quickly started to, I, I, it just happened so fast that immediately my two main friend group communities were either all on the like entertainment side, actors, actresses, musicians, whatever, or all on the social media side. And I just was trying to process all the, I mean, LA is a beast of a world. It's crazy. There's so many things going on and whatnot. And it made me realize there's kind of two types of currency, I would say in the world, at least at that time, how I would process it. I would have said there's LA worldly currency. And then there's like real human heart currency. Like, and what I mean by that is there's a lot of people out there who have a massive, massive following on a social media platform. They're, you know, a big reach, a big influence. And there was so much of my life that I wanted that too, because I genuinely wanted to have a more positive impact on more people. Um, and I started to realize that, you know, these amazing, incredible nonprofits that we were seeing all throughout the country, so many of them were humble, hardworking, not crazily well-known. And it, and it made me realize like, um, one of my mentors in my work with youth um, basically said, you've got to ask um, with any individual that you're working with, ask the question, God, what is my portion in this person's life? What is my part to play? And I love the word portion because by definition, it means it's not the whole thing. I think sometimes we can get it in our heads that we are like, oh my gosh, I've got to save the world. I've got to do all of this. And it's like, whoa, 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 whoa. No, no, no. You've just got a portion. You're just showing up for your part. In it. But I love it too, because portion means it's at least something. It's always something. So when you ask, when you think about portions of impact or portions of value that we have throughout our life, yeah, sure. Social media can have a portion of impact on people's lives, but I don't think there's any greater portion of impact that we can have than a face-to-face, real, true, loving relationship and connection with somebody. Nothing is going to beat that. Nothing is going to have a higher impact than the individuals who have real connections and real relationships with us. And so stay with me on this for a second. I, I, you, you take a Taylor Swift or a Justin Bieber or any massive name out there. And if you were to count the number of face-to-face real connections, real relationships that they have, it's probably close to the same number as the average human out there. And if that is our, if that's our portion of greatest impact, if that is where the greatest impact comes is through relationships, that means we all have roughly the same capacity for it. We might not all have the same capacity to have a million followers on an Instagram account or you name it, whatever. Like that's not what all of us are gonna have in our lives, but we all have that same portion of impact through our face-to-face human connections and relationships because at the end of the day who's to say that one person has more value to give than the other compared to a the youtube sensation or the biggest account on tiktok compared to a fourth grade teacher in the middle of nowhere nebraska you know like how could you look at one of those people and say oh yeah she doesn't give much value to it it's like no like that's not the way that yeah value is truly truly measured and that was just like such a massive aha moment because i think we can strive and strive and strive for platform and we live in a world where we would rather be an influencer than really an impactor we would rather do things just to be seen and then do things for real true significance um and and we would rather do things for this reach rather than real true significant growth and change in people's lives and in and it's not that those things are bad, but I bet if you were to think of the people that have had the biggest impact on your life, they likely don't have some best-selling book or some massive YouTube channel or some, you name it, but their impact that they've had on your life is so significant. And I think knowing that truth really gave me the freedom to realize, oh, you know what? If someday, you know, my reach grows and grows and grows, awesome, cool. If not, 
And I end up being a fourth grade teacher in the middle of nowhere, Nebraska. I still have the ability to give just as much value and substance, but we get so caught up in this, you know, whether, you know, the different, the, the wrong type of currency, the social media currency, the worldly currency and whatnot. And uh, that's not where the real true value and impact is made. And so, uh, yeah. Yeah, big learning totally. Experience. Yeah, 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 totally. I, I totally agree with you. The only thing I, I think personally, I know I've been some like, for example, like people on YouTube, they've, I've definitely, I've definitely gotten better at what I do because of them. So yeah. I do think there's a little bit of a balance too, because I'm sure you've helped a ton of people too. Yeah. Yeah. That's funny um, that you say that. I let the word balance is literally <laughs> like, I just wrote a little note card here. And like the word balance is another massive theme of my life. I'm not saying by any means that a YouTube channel or whatever is bad or big reach yeah. is bad. There's mm-hmm. so much cool things. And so it's so much good that can come from yeah. that. But life is always, always a game of balance, you know? And so, yeah, yeah 100%. Yeah, that's totally it. So since all the, so we all know the 2020 situation with the COVID and everything, what, <laughs> what are doing, what are you doing to keep your spirits up since there's not really any public speaking events? Yeah. Yeah. I'll be What's, really honest. This has been one of the most challenging years of my life in many ways. So I started doing full time, like as my 100% main priority gig doing the speaking thing, March, 2019, March, 2020 was like my one year marker. I was getting so excited. Sweet. Let's really start expanding. We made it work year one. Let's really get after year two and COVID hit. And within a week, the next three months of all my gigs and everything were completely canceled. Um, and I think this has been a time. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it was, it was rough for sure. And it was just, a. It was hard to feel like something that I was doing that had real purpose and significance that really felt like it was a piece of my calling and what I'm here on this earth to do, this dream of mine in many ways, was just kind of ripped from me. Um, and just to, you know, you go through a grieving of, of that in many ways, as many people have in the ways that their lives has changed so much over COVID. Um, and the thing to recognize is that everybody's life has changed in a different way. Some people have experienced great things that happen this year. Other people have had really hard ones and it's all been for different reasons and different, um, you know, different outcomes from from all that's happened with COVID. And it was about mid-July that I was really struggling with really feeling I could actually recognize the hurt and the the, the pain that I was feeling through this season. Um, I think a big lie again, back to these truths and lies, one lie that I think, you know, sometimes we get in our head is that just because somebody else's hurt might be different or bigger than your hurt, that doesn't mean that your hurt is still not important and doesn't still matter. You know, there's many times where, you know, mid-July I'm saying like, Brick, like this is hard, this is a tough year, but I would try to, but all of a sudden I would almost invalidate that by saying, ah, but you know, at least I, uh, at least I don't have an entire family that I, you know, can't provide, or at least I, you know, I'm not experiencing, you know, I'm a white man. I'm not experiencing the racism that we're experiencing in this world or, you know, whatever that may be. Like I kept on doing this whole, at least thing. And I finally came to realize it is okay. It is so okay for us to start realizing, like we need to be okay with not being okay. And we need to recognize that if we've got a dinner table in front of us, it's the table of hurting people, you know, that there is a chair for all of us to pull up to this this table we it's yeah we can recognize that some of our plates come in different sizes um but there's always a spot and room for us at this table of people who are hurting and so yeah it's one of those things where you've got to really feel it in order to heal it and you've got to be okay with that uncomfortableness um there have been many weeks over the summer where 
some weeks it's like, cool, it's productivity time. We can get some stuff done. Whereas other weeks I've had to give myself the grace and the permission to just be in survival mode. You know, um, mental health is something I'm really passionate about. I started doing therapy in the middle of COVID just because I knew it would be helpful. And I, I think that's something that, you know, we need to recognize. And this allows us to ask so many hard questions as we are trying to figure this out and navigate this. Um, and so, yeah, basically nobody's okay in this season and we need to be yeah. okay with that. And be okay with talking about it too. And so, um, yeah, yeah. Been a lot of self care learning that I've gone through this, this, this year. Yeah. That's, I love how you bring up like, um, there's always like a, basically like a bright side to things. Um, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. basically. Yeah. So, okay. So to wrap the show up, um, Mm -hmm. the failure soul show is all about like living a life you'd relive. Um, I'm excited to ask you this question would you go back and change anything or would you keep your life the same? Oof. Huh. You can change anything you want. Yeah, you it that's differently. a great, great question. I think the number one thing that I think of that comes to my mind is I am somebody, again, balanced. You know, I'm somebody who constantly is in my head thinking about what other people are thinking of me. I'm always so just... And there's a balance of that. There's part of that that is because I so genuinely want to positively impact those around me. And when I think of any negative opinion of me or any bad feedback, for me, that feels like, oh man, I'm not doing a good enough job of having a positive impact on on, on, on those around me. You know, that's kind of my measurement. Um, but it's also really, really made it difficult at times for me to be my most authentic self. And I think if anything, I would go back in time to just encourage full out 100% true, real authenticity. Um, We live in a world where it's hard to exist sometimes outside of the norm, outside of the standard, outside of the play it safe realm. Um, I remember coming home to my little hometown in Oregon after living down in California, looking in the mirror and saying, okay, how do I dumb down my fashion right now? Literally just because I wanted to fit in more. I was afraid of, you know, the comments that would come. Like, that, like that's a small example. Like I would do that all the time. And like, and I just think if anything, I would go back and say, Alex, like start living your most free and authentic you like as soon as you can. And that's so much easier said than done. I get that. That is a scary challenging thing because because we live in a world that doesn't allow for some people to exist in their fullness and in exactly who they are um and that's really sad um i i recently put on my instagram story i asked people what fears they were feeling in life and um i didn't even know who it was somebody who was following me they uh they messaged they said i'm afraid and it's kind of a out there example but maybe not not out there but this is just um she, she they said um i'm afraid that the world will never come to terms with me being trans And it just hit me in that moment that how insane is it that we live in a world that doesn't necessarily allow for people's fullest, most authentic existences to just be, you know, that somebody would be afraid to be their fullest, most authentic selves. And the only way that we get to these bigger purposes in life and whatnot, and these bigger dreams is by understanding and discovering our our authenticity, you know, in, in its fullness and um i think that would be the one thing that i would go back and you know try to change in myself and just um yeah it's okay to care what some people think for the sake of wanting to you know you know treat people well and have positive impact and all of those types of things but it's not okay if that is keeping you from being your fullest self or um, causing you to live in fear or shame of anything at all and so i think that would be yeah my number one thing that i 
of, of it all. The rest of it, the twists and turns, the mistakes, the this and that, like that's a piece of learning. And I'm, I, I wear those as cheesy as it sounds like scars and that, you know, remind me of the learning and growth that took place. But yeah, authenticity for all of us is we should all be able to feel like we can exist in our fullness um, in this world, even though the world doesn't always allow for that like it should. So, yeah. Yeah. That's something. Yeah. I know. I know how it is caring what people think. It's something I've been, I've been working on too mm, the past like yeah. year. I'm getting, I've been getting better at it, but it's definitely hard. I'm yeah. finally kind of started to get more hold of it, but it's just learning, you know, just totally. like every day. Yeah. Can you think of, can you think of any things that like you realize like, Oh, I feel more free to be this way or I feel more free to be that way now in your life that maybe you did not feel you could do in you know times in the past. You know, a lot of it has been, um, it's a lot of it has been starting like the, my business and like dropping out of college and stuff. Cause it's all, you hear so many different things from people. Yeah. I'm, I'm really grateful that I've had a lot of like supportive friends, like my friend, I've had so many friends who've helped me like with like the, my journey. Um, but it's, it's, oh, it's mm. sometimes like those people around you who you like, you know, there's, there's those people that really support you. And then there's those people who are around you who you can kind of tell, like you don't that that think you're kind of like off. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and they think totally. you're crazy, you know. And and, and then it's, it's hard. Yeah. So often, I feel like those people have people. The average person doesn't always like to see people excelling, doing well, like living out their fullest dream because it takes so much of a risk because it's such a scary thing yet there's so much honesty and truth in it when when i'm getting to live out my fullest purpose that only happens because i've taken risks and been brave enough and willing to step outside of the norm and i think oftentimes in the, in the times that i've maybe experienced negativity or or um, mm -hmm. not the most support towards that it's because deep down there's almost like a sadness or a bitterness in that other individual who has realized i haven't yet taken the steps of courage to be able to live that same type of life too you know what i mean like they they yeah. there's a piece of them that feels that you know like i don't i don't mean to say jealousy but i just mean to say that they they're coming to terms with recognizing man that is an individual who's living their fullness and you know the, the fullness and their full truth you know and i'm still having to deal with kind of hiding that piece of me away and so i've, I've experienced that at times that it almost feels like I need to pull my own self down to make others feel comfortable. And that's not how it should be. Um, and so, yeah, that's a challenge as well, for sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, so one thing I really like is like the unknown. And so I love, I love having like an idea of something and then seeing if it works. It's mm. so much fun because you don't yeah. know the outcome. Totally. Um, totally. And so like with the whole so I just changed the, so this, my brand was called foot souls and the mm -hmm. tagline was feel, is, was feel your soul. And then today is actually the day where I swapped them. And so now it's feel your soul that has a product that's foot souls. Okay. And so basically the whole, the whole thing with the company is, um, inspiring, just basically inspiring people. And so whether that's like yeah. with one of our products and so that really leaves, I, I, I love being creative. And so with the foot mm -hmm. souls, I, 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 I just like trying new things. And so with the footsoles yeah. branding, I, it kind of limited me. And now totally. that I've swapped it, the footsoles are still like a huge part of it. But now I have freedom to basically like incorporate anything I want. So basically mm. like I have a bunch of products planned for the fall. So like a clothing line, the Vans footsoles, Converse yeah. roller skates. And then from there, spring moving forward, I can kind of like do whatever I want to do. Um, yeah, that's sweet. I love it. I can tell obviously that you are very 
say yes, just take action, make it happen, go get it, start the podcast, start the, you know, the startup, whatever that may be. And like, let's just go for it. So that's the only way that you're going to learn how to make those things better or, you know, re-navigate towards your, your, uh, your real true North there. So uh, that's sweet. I love it. And that is Alex Morrissey. And make sure to go check out Alex on Instagram by searching Alex Morrissey. And now onto our listener portion to see how one of our listeners are feeling their souls. Today we have Adrian Salvador, who is working on creating a new TV series called Connect 2 and 2. Describe how you started producing and tell me what Connect 2 and 2 is about. Basically, Connect 2 and 2 is a teen drama series about six Latinx teens growing up in New York City. And like the way I kind of preface it, it's uh, Gossip Girl meets Euphoria with a Project Runway twist since it's in side of a fashion design high school. So it's kind of like showing the chaos of like what growing up is like in New York City and not like the romanticized version that you get to see in Gossip Girl, kind of like the real side of it, which is euphoria. Let's take on it, yeah. <laughs> so are you kind of basing that off um, like your life in a sense? Yeah, so it, ideally, yeah, it, uh, so like my main character is Gabe and he's kind of based off of me. I mean, everything's up for like dramatics and to make it more entertaining. Um, but it's it's based on me and my friend group at the time back in high school. So it's kind of seeing um, what it's like to actually grow up in New York City as like a native and like seeing like how hard it could actually be. And not, how, have like, you, so yeah. how have you been uh, like funding it so far? that's that's been the hard, that's always the hardest thing for so, me and like yeah so yeah so definitely funding was a pain just that 12 minute um pilot episode that i did for my senior thesis was a lot of it was through uh, i did a indiegogo which is kind of like uh where like filmmakers kind of like get funding for their work um we didn't hit our goal so they even took like a bigger chunk of money away which kind of sucked um so my goal was 10k and we raised about 3400 i think it was so i was like on a really tight budget because i had to get like permits in order to film at certain places and then i had to do a lot of uh rentals for like there was a big house party that we did and then um i had to get permits to film in my high school yeah yeah so that that kind of went away for like everything and then i had to like pay a lot out of my own pocket in order to get that <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah it's it's funding the dream you know what oh. have you learned since starting everything <laughs> yeah so definitely that being setting your expectations low um also being really patient a lot of it is uh just like like these past three months i've been lucky enough to like start meeting people and then getting referred to other people who knows this person who knows that person so i'm like starting to build up my connections but i just would say patience and then um definitely creating your own opportunities there's not a lot of latinx shows so i decided to make my own show um and that's kind of what led me uh, away from acting and into filmmaking because i don't know i feel like as an actor you don't really have much say in what goes you kind of get told like what to do and i hate being told what to do so i'm like i'm just gonna create my own roles and star in them <laughs> that's amazing uh, <laughs> yeah I, that's kind of how i am too it's like if like i mean with everything i, I mean all the stuff i've started it's just like because I don't, yeah, exactly. I want to, I want to do what I want, basically like what I want to create, you know? And it's like all about, yeah, 
and then it's like i'll figure it out like i'll find a way to do it because nobody's gonna do it for me that is how adrian is feeling his soul and if you want to be a part of our listener portion just fill out the form at the link in the description make sure to subscribe so that you can be notified for new episodes every tuesday i'm jacob zander and this is the feel your soul show